Good morning and good afternoon and welcome back to the divided states. This is where we are in the 21st century in a country that continually wages and engages in wars against people of color wherever they are along with the fact that in essence are continually at war with people of color who live and breathe in these divided states that were kidnapped from their homeland and brought to these shores, these divided states, and what they have been doing since their inception, here and now in the 21st century, our issue, to a certain extent, has gone from the S word in the 1600s, slavery, to the L word in the 1700s, lynching, to the K word in the 1800s, KKK to the N-word in the 1900s. I don't need to tell you. To the two-letter word, U-N-E, in the 21st century, as in unarmed and executed, has been rooted in racism, hatred, and discrimination. And those three have been disguised in many different ways. It's been foundationalized by slavery at its root, which helped to build this country to where it is. Those three, racism, hatred, and discrimination, what I like to call the hate trifecta, have not solely been the reasons for the situation we find ourselves in. It's not been the KKK. It's not been Jim Crow. It's not been the black codes. It's been it's not even been the supreme white racists. Yeah, I know they like to call themselves white supremacists, but I call them the supreme white racists. It's not been redlining. It's not been gentrification or those Supreme Court decisions of Dred Scott in 1857, Plessy versus Ferguson in 1896, or Brown versus the Board of Education of 1954. All of those horrible things in total are not responsible for where we are. All of the above are symptoms. The real cause for where we are is the fact that all of the above were allowed to be by the people in power and privileged to be in power. Hence my contention, which has been my contention since I first learned about the so-called social construct that is race. The only persons that can be accused, judged, and found guilty of being racist are those that have the power and use that power combined with the trickle-down privilege that comes with it. No black or brown man or woman can be accused of being a racist since none of them have power or privilege over white people. To quote a woman that I respect, stop the madness. Stop the madness. Blacks or browns can have a reality-based view for the dislike of the discriminatory practices and the privilege bestowed upon others at birth and calling them out and racist actions by white people that they have seen and had to experience throughout their entire lives. Blacks and browns don't benefit from discrimination and we don't benefit from any type of privilege. Our so-called disadvantage 
is the largest organ of our bodies, our skin. And that's not playing any ridiculous, stupid race card. Don't be ridiculous. We don't own the deck. They do. The discrimination, hate, and racism, by the way, that's no crutch. That's reality. And it's an armor that we wear our entire lives. And it's in every facet of American life, from banking, business ownership, employment, education, healthcare, home ownership, incarceration, policing, wealth, and that all-important great American phrase, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Stay tuned for the conclusion of these divided states. Ebony Contrarian, listening, learning, and signing off for now. Good morning or good afternoon. The women and the inventions. Happy Labor Day to the women. When we think of labor, we're reminded of the labor and the ingenuity it takes to create. Let's begin with a premise that an alien has arrived on this planet. The alien is fluent in our language. And when I met the alien, the alien asked me the meaning of man and woman. The alien then asked me to explain the differences, not just the physical ones. After I took a few hours to tell the alien about the history of the male species and how they have ruined, I mean run the world since our inception across approximately all the cultures on our planet, I started to tell the alien about the most misunderstood and disrespected of the two species, the women. Pointedly, the alien asked me what inventions and or contributions have any of the women on our planet been responsible for? Presented with such a daunting task, I began with just some of the inventions that women have been responsible for, just some, and have been credited with for over three centuries. I told the alien, first, let me inform you about how a man and a woman are defined and seen in our world. I began by telling the alien about how they are defined by our dictionaries or one of our points of reference. The question, what is a man? What is a woman? These are de definitions anyone would find by looking in one of our dictionaries. Full disclosure, I had no idea about what I would find in this point of reference. The alien asked me what was a dictionary and I said it was a book many have used before the digital revolution arrived. I began with one of the dictionaries we have at our disposal by one Merriam-Webster. First, a man. Number one, an individual human being. Number two, an adult male human. Number three, a man belonging to a particular category. Number four, a feudal tenant. Number five, the human race or the history of man. Number six, a human being of either sex. Curious. And now, how a woman is defined. Nine points to think about, or maybe not. A woman, an adult female human being. Number two, female member of a workplace. Number three, female person who is paid to clean someone else's house. 
and carry out other domestic duties. Can't make this up. Number four, a person's wife, girlfriend, or female lover. I kid you not. Number five, a person with the qualities traditionally associated with females. Number six, a female individual. Number seven, a servant or a personal attendant. Number eight, a mistress or a wife. And number nine, woman is fragile. At home she is light, but when a problem occurs, the light dims. After telling the alien about those definitions, the alien asked me, what were the inventions that women have made to our society as a whole? I began at that point to read off just some of the contributions of the women of our planet. Despite how important these inventions are, history has shown us that the achievements of women have escaped some of us, even those that study history. So let's see if we can possibly spread some love and long overdue respect for the women. Initially, you must keep in mind, inventions by the male of our species are well known, but inventions by women, along with their subsequent patents, are not as well known. At least in my 12 years of school, I was unaware of many of the inventions by women along with their patents. Hopefully, that soon will change. For 12 days, I told the alien about the women whose inventions have helped to change our world. On day one, I talked to the alien about a woman named Tabitha Babbitt. Babbitt is credited with inventing the first circular saw for use in a sawmill in 1813. According to the Shakers, a united society of believers in Christ, Babbitt was watching men use the difficult two-man whipsaw when she noticed that half of their motion was wasted. She proposed creating a round blade to increase efficiency. The circular saw was connected to a water-powered machine to reduce the effort to cut lumber. The first circular saw she allegedly made is in Albany, New York. And in the summer of 1948, a version of Babbitt's saw built to her specifications was on display at a Shaker exhibit at the Fenimore House in Cooperstown, New York, as a loan from the New York State Museum. Babbitt is also credited with inventing a process for the manufacturing of false teeth and an improved spinning wheel head. She also allegedly invented cut nails, you know, from the hammer and nails situation. Although the Shakers also credit the invention to the non-Shaker one Eli Whitney. As a Shaker, Babbitt unfortunately never patented any of her inventions. I also talked about a woman named Jean Villepro Power in 1832. She was a pioneering French marine biologist who in 1832 was the first person to create an aquaria for experimenting with aquatic organisms. The English biologist Richard Owen referred to her as the mother of aquariophily. She was the inventor 
of the aquarium. Yes, the aquarium and the systematic application of the aquarium to study marine life, which is still used today. In her time as a forefront in the study of cephalopods, or squids, or octopus, or octopi, as a researcher, she proved that the Argonauta Argo produces its own shells as opposed to acquiring them. Philippro Power is also a noted dressmaker, author, and conservationist, as well as the first female member of the Catania Academia Gionia, a scientific and academic society in Catania, Italy. I also talked about a woman named Ada Lovelace in 1834, also known as the Countess of Lovelace, was an English mathematician and writer, chiefly known for her work on Charles Babbage's proposed mechanical general purpose computer. Yes, the computer, also known as the analytical engine. She was the first to recognize that the machine had applications beyond pure calculation and to have published the first algorithm intended to be carried out by such a machine. In 1834, as a result, she is often regarded as the first computer programmer. Ada Byron was the only child of poet Lord Byron and Lady Byron. All of Byron's other children were born out of wedlock to other women. Byron separated from his wife a month after Ada was born and left England forever. Four months later, he commemorated the parting in a poem that begins, and I quote, Is thy face like my mother's, my fair child? Ada, sole daughter of my house and heart, end quote. He died in Greece when Ada was eight years old. Her mother remained bitter and promoted Ada's interest in mathematics and logic in an effort to prevent her from develop, developing her father's perceived insanity. Despite this, Ada remained interested in him, naming her two sons, Byron and Gordon. Upon her eventual death, she was buried next to him at her request. Although often ill in her childhood, Ada pursued her studies assiduously. And finally, I talked about a woman named Nancy Johnson. In 1843, Nancy Johnson lived in Philadelphia, and in 1843, when she filed for her patent for the first hand-cranked ice cream churn, her simple invention launched a disruptive technology that made it possible for everyone to make quality ice cream without electricity. Starting in 1862, Nancy and her sister, Mary, taught freed slaves in South Carolina as part of the Royal Experiment. She died in Washington, D.C. in 1890. Nancy Johnson, inventor of the ice cream maker. Stay tuned for day two of my talk with an alien, Ebony Contrarian. Out. Good morning or good afternoon. The women and the inventions. Happy Labor Day to the women. When we think of labor, we're reminded of the labor 
and the ingenuity it takes to create. Let's begin with a premise that an alien has arrived on this planet. The alien is fluent in our language. And when I met the alien, the alien asked me the meaning of man and woman. The alien then asked me to explain the differences, not just the physical ones. After I took a few hours to tell the alien about the history of the male species and how they have ruined, I mean run the world since our inception across approximately all the cultures on our planet, I started to tell the alien about the most misunderstood and disrespected of the two species, the women. Pointedly, the alien asked me, what inventions and or contributions have any of the women on our planet been responsible for? Presented with such a daunting task, I began with just some of the inventions that women have been responsible for, just some, and have been credited with for over three centuries. I told the alien, first, let me inform you about how a man and a woman are defined and seen in our world. I began by telling the alien about how they are defined by our dictionaries or one of our points of reference. The question, what is a man? What is a woman? These are de definitions anyone would find by looking in one of our dictionaries. Full disclosure, I had no idea about what I would find in this point of reference. The alien asked me what was a dictionary and I said it was a book many have used before the digital revolution arrived. I began with one of the dictionaries we have at our disposal by one Merriam Webster. First, a man. Number one, an individual human being. Number two, an adult male human. Number three, a man belonging to a particular category. Number four, a feudal tenant. Number five, the human race or the history of man. Number six, a human being of either sex. Curious. And now, how a woman is defined. Nine points to think about, or maybe not. A woman, an adult female human being. Number two, female member of a workplace. Number three female person who is paid to clean someone else's house and carry out other domestic duties. Can't make this up. Number four, a person's wife, girlfriend, or female lover. I kid you not. Number five, a person with the qualities traditionally associated with females. Number six, a female individual. Number seven, a servant or a personal attendant. Number eight, a mistress or a wife. And number nine, woman is fragile. At home she is light, but when a problem occurs, the light dims. After telling the alien about those definitions, the alien asked me, what were the inventions that women have made to our society as a whole? I began at that point to read off just some of the contributions of the women of our planet. Despite how important these inventions are, history has shown us that the achievements of women have escaped some of us, even those that study history. So let's see if we can possibly spread some love and long overdue respect for the women.
Initially, you must keep in mind, inventions by the male of our species are well known, but inventions by women, along with their subsequent patents, are not as well known. At least in my 12 years of school, I was unaware of many of the inventions by women, along with their patents. Hopefully, that soon will change. For 12 days, I told the alien about the women whose inventions have helped to change our world. On day one, I talked to the alien about a woman named Tabitha Babbitt. Babbitt is credited with inventing the first circular saw for use in a sawmill in 1813. According to the Shakers, a united society of believers in Christ, Babbitt was watching men use the difficult two-man whipsaw when she noticed that half of their motion was wasted. She proposed creating a round blade to increase efficiency. The circular saw was connected to a water-powered machine to reduce the effort to cut lumber. The first circular saw she allegedly made is in Albany, New York. And in the summer of 1948, a version of Babbitt's saw built to her specifications was on display at a Shaker exhibit at the Fenimore House in Cooperstown, New York, as a loan from the New York State Museum. Babbitt is also credited with inventing a process for the manufacturing of false teeth and an improved spinning wheel head. She also allegedly invented cut nails, you know, from the hammer and nails situation. Although the Shakers also credit the invention to the non-Shaker one Eli Whitney. As a Shaker, Babbitt unfortunately never patented any of her inventions. I also talked about a woman named Jean Villepro Power in 1832. She was a pioneering French marine biologist who in 1832 was the first person to create an aquaria for experimenting with aquatic organisms. The English biologist Richard Owen referred to her as the mother of aquariophily. She was the inventor of the aquarium. Yes, the aquarium and the systematic application of the aquarium to study marine life, which is still used today. In her time as a forefront in the study of cephalopods or squids or octopus or octopi, as a researcher, she proved that the Argonauta Argo produces its own shells as opposed to acquiring them. Philippro Power is also a noted dressmaker, author, and conservationist, as well as the first female member of the Catania Academia Gionia, a scientific and academic society in Catania, Italy. I also talked about a woman named Ada Lovelace in 1834 also known as the Countess of Lovelace, was an English mathematician and writer, chiefly known for her work on Charles Babbage's proposed mechanical general purpose computer. Yes, the computer, also known as the analytical engine. She was the first to recognize that the machine had applications beyond pure calculation and to have published the first algorithm intended to be carried out by such a machine.
In 1834, as a result, she is often regarded as the first computer programmer. Ada Byron was the only child of poet Lord Byron and Lady Byron. All of Byron's other children were born out of wedlock to other women. Byron separated from his wife a month after Ada was born and left England forever. Four months later, he commemorated the parting in a poem that begins, and I quote, Is thy face like my mother's, my fair child? Ada, sole daughter of my house and heart, end quote. He died in Greece when Ada was eight years old. Her mother remained bitter and promoted Ada's interest in mathematics and logic in an effort to prevent her from develop, developing her father's perceived insanity. Despite this, Ada remained interested in him, naming her two sons, Byron and Gordon. Upon her eventual death, she was buried next to him at her request. Although often ill in her childhood, Ada pursued her studies assiduously. And finally, I talked about a woman named Nancy Johnson. In 1843, Nancy Johnson lived in Philadelphia and in 1843, when she filed for her patent for the first hand-cranked ice cream churn, her simple invention launched a disruptive technology that made it possible for everyone to make quality ice cream without electricity. Starting in 1862, Nancy and her sister, Mary, taught freed slaves in South Carolina as part of the Royal Experiment. She died in Washington, D.C. in 1890. Nancy Johnson, inventor of the ice cream maker. Stay tuned for day two of my talk with an alien. Ebony Contrarian, out. <laughs>